Welcome to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. We look at revitalization in real time, examining the ups and downs of revitalizing and replanting historic and legacy churches throughout New England and the U.S. Now here's your hosts. Welcome back to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. I am your host, Don McKinnon, and with me is my beautiful co-host natalie (laughs) you're laughing why are you laughing (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) can't take a compliment man i'm I'm failing as a husband (laughs) anyway it has been a long 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 day um we are recording this late. Um, you know, uh, Eric is on vacation again. Man, this guy gets more vacations than I get vacation. Um, man, he's he's down in, uh, he's down, I think he's down home. Like, I think he's down in South Carolina or North Carolina, something like that. Nice. I know he's, I know he's, he's born so- South Carolina, but, uh. I don't know. Oh man, I'm telling you, he uh, he's getting more holidays than I am because I'm doing the the the, the seminary thing. And yeah. I'm I'm uh, how many weeks now before I finish this class? Seventeen, I think. Yeah, so seventeen. It's about seventeen, seventeen and a half. Seventeen, and then I will have my master's. You're and on then... the home stretch. Yeah. Oh man, it is a long, long, long day. Man, it still stinks in here. Um, just, just uh, people are like looking. She's, she's looking at me. Um, I walked in. We are, we are. So, so I am Don McKinnon of Legacy Church in Sutton, Massachusetts, a rural farm town. And the smell outside is not the smell of cows, which I would much rather be smelling yes. right now. Um, the smell outside is there is a family of skunks running around in the baseball field out back of our church. And, um, you know, I shouldn't have to say anything more than that. You should just, your mind should just think what is going on and what we are smelling. And it is not pleasant. I will tell you that. It is beyond not pleasant. Well, they can't smell it, so. For them, they think we smell, I bet. You know? (laughs) Man. Uh. Oh, anyway, man. So, yeah, we've had uh, had an interesting... um, Interesting time, uh, interesting few weeks, interesting, uh, you know, coming out of COVID, um, or, or, well, we're still in COVID, the pandemic, but um, I don't know, how would, you, how would you describe this right now? Like, we're, we're kind of trying to get the motor started, you know, it's like the, the car has been in the garage for the momentum yeah and and yeah. trying to get the car started it's it, it's interesting because we have some momentum that's just been perpetual motion but it's just kind of weird right now you know like we're, so we're trying to plan some things um should we tell them what we're gonna be planning like we're gonna be plan- well, nothing set in stone. Yet. Nothing set in stone, but we're planning. You know, just because just because it's not set in stone doesn't mean you can't plan. So we're looking at doing a homecoming. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, looking at doing a homecoming, um, and that's gonna be uh, interesting because we don't know who who's gonna come from right. the church. We are a revitalization and a replant, and we've been here four years this oh, June. Yeah, well, four years this June, and um, the idea has been batted back and forth over the last six months. So we're we're waiting to see what's going to happen with that. We don't know um, who we're going to have uh, from the church before we were here. Uh, that's going to come out, but we're going to be honoring um, two of the men in the church uh, who have. Um, just been soldiering on one one poor gentleman has surgery was supposed to have surgery today and uh or not today wednesday and uh had it postponed for another two weeks may something yeah may 5th or 6th i forget May fourth. yeah so you know it's just one of those things 
but we want to honor them. We want to give them the thing. And, you know, we're, we're discussing like, you know, how do we get, how do we get this out? How do we find out who has, um, addresses and phone numbers and contact info? So it's kind of a, a major thing that we're working on. Now, the other thing, the other thing is actually happening tomorrow. Uh, yeah, bike blessing. You want to descri- describe that to, to our audience? <laughs> so uh, Nat and I are members of the Christian Motorcycle Association. And um, we have been um, hanging out with uh, our local chapter here, the Forgiven Riders. You just got patched in. Yeah, and so Tuesday night was the uh, monthly meeting. And we were patched in. It doesn't mean we were jumped in like, you know, like you'd probably be in a regular motorcycle gang. This is a motorcycle club slash motorcycle ministry. Um, so we wear, have the leather vests and we have our patches on there. Um, and, but um, CMA, as it's shortened, Christian Motorcycle Association, has uh, three patches that you wear on your leather vest, but then... Each chapter has their own uh, club or chapter uh, patch that you earn. And so uh, because we've been uh, pretty much uh, helping them out and and attending meetings regularly and everything for almost a year, um, they they decided to patch us in as members. And uh, we are doing our second annual bike blessing from the church here. Uh, tomorrow so that's that's awesome and um so the bike blessing just so you know i know a lot of people are kind of wondering what's a bike blessing um and i'm not being sarcastic don't think when i when i do the voice i've i've been told when i do the voice i'm I'm being sarcastic i'm not being sarcastic i'm just trying to be funny you know with the um voice but basically uh a bike blessing you want to begin your your riding season now it's it's starting to get warm here in new england uh, last couple of days have been chilly like we we've had a week where we had 60s and 70s then we've, and then last week it snowed yeah last like, week it snowed at two days after it was 70 yes <laughs> <sighs> welcome new to new england, england. <laughs> um and then this week was the 40s and then the last Two and a half days, it's been like a hurricane out there. The wind's blowing. The next week, it's supposed to be almost 80. Yeah. And tomorrow, okay, so today, it's been 40 and windy, so the wind yeah. chills like in the 20s. Tomorrow, it's going to be almost 70. Yeah. So, again, welcome to New England. Anyway, so what we're doing is we're bringing out the bikes. We're going to uh, have our, our grill out there, a couple of uh, pop-up uh, canopies and stuff and we're gonna be waving people in that drive uh central turnpike where our church is located um has a a high high traffic of motorcycle riders yes. each weekend like um it, it, for a while if you if you can find our old videos of legacy church like in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. like two, like two, three years ago even. Um, we used to have the, the doors on the summer. We'd have the doors to the sanctuary building open. Right. And you could hear, like I'm preaching, and we, we would only go with the camera mic. And as I'm preaching, you could hear the motorcycles go by, and yeah. it just drowned out what I was saying. Yeah. Um, and so, but it, it's been a dream of ours, and actually... Our old worship leader, Scott, he was a rider and he used to always wrestle. How do we, how should, we should be ministering to these people. How do we do that? Right. So last year, as we started to help the Forgiven Riders out. Um, we had our first one here. Hosted our first one. Yeah, we hosted one. They, they were looking for an outreach and we suggested it and they were coming here. Like, So they regularly meet at a local pizza shop. But um, the pizza shop was closed because of COVID, so they met three three months here? Yeah, something like that. And um, so they met for three months here, and then uh, they saw they, they saw how much of the motorcycles were going by, and that's how it worked. So tomorrow we will be doing the Biker Blessing, hot dogs, refreshments, um, all free, and yeah. uh, we're going to be giving them 
gospel message to the riders as they come by. So we pray over them for their safety during their riding season, and then also if they have any personal requests, we also ask them if there's anything that they want prayer for personally. Um, we pray over them and share the gospel and pray that lives will be changed. And, and last year we had two decisions for Christ. Yes. You know, so... Yep. Um, you know, it's a big thing. So that's, uh, this is, you're going to hear a squeak probably. I got to, oh, wow. My chair, my chair in my office is like going. Um, I was driving, I was driving Natalie crazy because it just, no, now it's not even doing don't it. Don't do it. Um, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, that's what's big. And anyway, we've, we've, Bored you long enough, I think. We're going into our the discussion for our podcast, and this is timely for us. Yes. Because, um, you know, it, 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 let, let's just kind of lay it out. So, just to set this up for you, um, churches all have times where you have people come in, and then something happens and they have to leave. And our church, in the last three months has had three people leave and uh in the last week we had two two major people within the church um that helped out uh leave for different reasons and and they were good reasons they're not we're we're not talking bad reasons the the one key thing that we're going to be talking about is this is not a bad breakup you know we we have people that uh, when we talk about people leaving churches, sometimes uh, it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it has to happen. But in this case, we're talking about when someone is vital and an intricate part of your church and they leave. So what are the reasons why they leave and how to deal with it mm-hmm. as leaders and to help your congregation walk through the process? Yes, yes. And so, um, you know, we had one one person that left. Um and it was on bad terms. I guess we can say that. You know, wasn't so much bad. It was just uh, we wish we wish that they had come to us to talk with us about their reasons for leaving. But then we had two people recently leave. Uh, one who left because um, their father got sick, and they're actually going home to help their mother take care of the father. So. Very good reason, biblical reason. Let's right. be honest. Um, and then the other one, it was a situation uh, in their own home where um, it just wasn't working out for them, and they had to, they had to just you know move. Right. And those things happen. You know, it's nothing, nothing bad. Right. Um, but both of them, both of them, we wish them well, and and we know that we're going to see them again. Doesn't make it any less. No, no, there were plenty of tears, tears shed. Uh, right. But, uh, so Natalie, you want to go with the first thing on this? <clears throat> why so, Why we're talking about this, you know? So I think the first thing that we're going to touch upon is perspective. So, like we were talking earlier, uh, how you view the situation, so to say. Um if you're a small congregation, we're going to feel it more mm-hmm. for two main reasons. One, when you're a small congregation, you're small in number. Mm-hmm. So when three or four people leave, you feel three or four people leave. Right. Whereas if you're a church of like 100, three or four people leave, you're not going to feel it as much. I mean, you're going to be close to the people, but, you know... Those aren't intricate um, main people, you know, that, you know, because you're probably going to have other people that are on those teams right? that can just jump in and step up to the plate and run run with it. Yep. So that's one perspective that affects how the process is mm-hmm. viewing it. The second is depending on who it is and what, like how long they've been there. I mean, there's a lot of factors that will play into this, but how many roles does that person fill? Exactly. So one of the people that we had leave 
when she got here, uh, she first started to help out in the kitchen ministry on the kitchen team, mm-hmm. which was just a few people in the beginning. It just yep. kind of exploded. So she was an intricate part of that. And then she stepped up as the part of the children's ministry as an assistant. Then she stepped up as doing the weekly announcements. Mm-hmm. She also did helped me with some church admit, administration stuff and helped our head trustee with some of the numbers and uh, with the books and everything. And then um, she started, first she started on the First Impressions team. And then finally, I mean, she just, that was her niche. That was her thing. People said that she... You know, the, the one thing that they remembered was her smile right. and her personality. Right. So she took over our greed and first impressions ministry. And, you know, she always used to say, oh, I didn't do much. But, you know, we're always harder on ourselves than we are others. So she really, you know, brought that ministry to what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. So, and, and that is the one thing that will happen. when. So, like Natalie was saying, when you're in a larger church, you, you're going to have a few people like that. But when you're in a smaller church, when you're in a revitalization or a replant, or even a church plant, for that matter, um, you know, you, people are, I, I hate to use this word, but people are a, a, a commodity in, in a way. And I don't mean like, you know, we're looking at people as sold goods, mm-hmm. but there is something, you know, like, like, you know, you think of people that hoard stuff, they're hoarding stuff because they know that, you know, they've, they've been in that time where they knew that they needed something like that. So you go in there and uncle Bill has five shovels in the corner of the house. It makes no sense to you, but in his head, he's got those five shovels because he's had times where he's been looking for a shovel or needed a shovel and he's just thinking I'm ready you don't have that in a replant right and so when that person leaves now you've got a big hole to fill and when that person is multitasking and not to mention it wasn't just those roles it was anything that we needed help with right she would step into the role right um and then she was also being discipled by me and was getting ready to, to disciple, disciple someone else yep. and help me run the woman's discipleship. So it, it it was felt on multiple, multiple, multiple levels. Yeah. You know? And now the other person, if you wanted to kind of talk about the other one. That so left. the other lady that left, has, um, she actually had come from before COVID mm-hmm. um, and then um, had visited once or twice, and then was going to go come back, just in, you know, life happened, things happened, and then she, um, you know, she said that when she came, she finally came back, and she said she felt the Holy Spirit just kind of pulling her back here, but she said she would have come back sooner, but of course, when she found out the church was open, you know, with everything that had happened with COVID, it kind of had kiboshed that for a while. Right. But once she got here, she basically jumped in with both feet. She truly had... Now, she wasn't running a ministry, but this individual was the kind of person that had a servant's heart. Exactly. Like, she cleaned those bathrooms like you That is going to be one thing I miss because... The I, men's room was a mess. Like, it, we, we were hiding stuff good. And I just remember the day she came up to me and said, Pastor, do you have a flathead screwdriver that you don't want back? <laughs> and I was like, okay, what's she doing? And I remember going into the urinal, you know, going going into the urinal, going into the men's room, and I'm looking, <laughs> Natalie's laughing at my slip. I went into the men's room, and I'm looking at the urinal. And, I mean, it was like that whole was black and this thing was like white porcelain but then i realized like all that whatever buildup yeah. was there was gone because she chipped away at it yeah she just had a surface heart she would you know she was not the kind of person that i had to say oh this needs to be done she would come and do what she needed to do but then she would see something else that needed to be done 
and without me even asking, she just jumped into it and got it done. And she did it with such a good heart, mm -hmm. you know, like, as if she was doing it for the Lord. Right. You know? Right. And, um... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those things. And I mean it happens. It sadly it happens. We don't like it when it happens and I mean, you know, nobody likes it when it happens. When you have servants like that that really go good, you know, and then, you know, I look at I look at the other person that left. You know, they were doing quite a bit. You know, they were part of the first impressions team. They were helping run the video camera at um uh, you know, on Sundays and and different things. Right. And you know, whenever you have those people leave for whatever reason, good or bad, it's just a significant hole that you're like, you know, you, like you yourself, you know, God's got this. Right. And we're going to talk about that at the end of yep. this. Yep. But, um, you know, God's got this. But at the same time, you're at that point, you're just beside yourself, like going, what do we do now? Who's going to run this? How do we do this? You know, I'm already stretched. Uh, as my friend Gary Mortz would say, um, you know, my bandwidth is stretched. You know, I'm, I've got too much bandwidth being yeah, used. Right. So, um, what's you know, the next point you want to go so to? So, the next one is helping our church deal with saying goodbye. So, you know, it's being sensitive mm -hmm. to each person's connection with the individual or family that leaves. Right. So, meaning, like, each person that comes through your doors is not going to be close, super close to every single person mm -hmm. that's here. Every single person here is going to have a different relationship with that person. Now, when you're a smaller church, you're more connected with most of the people in your church. But even then, you're but still going to have. But, um, you know... So it's if if some people think well you know okay this happens this is normal you know yes it's normal yes it's a it's a thing that we're gonna go through not just as ministry leaders and as a church family multiple times talking about in, under good circumstances multiple times you know it's just part of life it's part of the church life but we have to take in consideration how close is each person to the person that's leaving. Mm -hmm. And know that maybe so-and-so was closer to so-and-so because they got together for a midweek study, you know, or whatever the reason is. Right. You know, I mean, I was close to one of these ladies, really close, because we, um, I discipled her, and then when the women's prayer group started... It was just her and me to begin with. Mm -hmm. And we, she was one of the ones that was kind of like praying alongside me for other women to come. It's kind of like what you had mentioned <laughs> during her, uh, you know, on Sunday when we were saying goodbye to her during our presentation to her and everything. When we were commissioning her to yep. go out and everything. Um, and same with the other, the other lady. You know, I was discipling her. You know, I had a lot of personal interactions with her, so it was harder. Yep. You know, um, but everybody handles things differently. Sometimes people are close to someone, and they don't like to show their emotions, so they might appear that they're not going to miss the person that much, mm -hmm. but they really are, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. And then and then you think about it too, like you know, we would talk about the sensitivity. You know, we had some people that were trying you know, they didn't understand why um some of the people were here were so emotional about the, the about this person leaving. Right. You know, and it, it, you know, and we're not talking bad about that person, you know. Right. It's just that thing that, you know, we're talking about that even in a smaller church some people are going to be connected more with other people, even though everybody knows one another right. here. You know, uh, Rachel, uh, one of our um, leaders here, she would be saying, everybody here is like my brother, my sister, my uncle. My grandparents. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, there is that closeness that we all had 
or some of us all had with this individual who, who, you know, left on good terms and left to go take care of their parent. Right. And, um, you know, it was one of those things. Like, we, 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 I remember we were saying, a few of us were saying, you know, too bad we just couldn't, uh, you know, go over to her house and kidnap her and, and you know. But, but it, it's one of those things. You know, we're going to miss her. We blessed her. Um, we prayed over her. We commissioned her. Yeah. She's looking for a church. Her area has, like, very little to no churches that are meeting her criteria. You know, she said... Uh, like her story is she she came from a large multi-site church when she lived up there. She felt lost at that campus of that church. And then um, when she came down here, she got, you know, involved. And uh, I probably should should tack on our vi- our video that we did to the yeah, website, to, to, right. to the Facebook page for you to see. Because uh, she gives her testimony right there, mm-hmm. but um, you know it's one of those things. It was a great, um, you know, it was a great fit for us and a great fit for her. Right. And we're gonna miss her, and we, you know, we know it's not goodbye. It's see you later. Right. Um, but uh, we will, uh, we will miss her. So, the next so point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off just a little bit. I'm just thinking of something real quick. So. Oh, okay. But you'll just kind of go with it. You know, it kind of goes along with what we were talking about in that sense, Mm -hmm. is when you've had somebody come to your church who just fits right in and they serve wholeheartedly um, in multiple capacities and everything, then, um, then it's one of those things that we definitely need to make sure that the importance of acknowledging them when they leave. Meaning, yep. you know, even when you're a small church, don't use that as a cop-out. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to let them know how much they're loved. Right. You know, um, you know, and <laughs> it's kind of funny because she said to me at one point during the little celebration party afterwards, she's like, you guys went all out, you went overboard. And I said, no. I said, you got exactly what you deserved. I said, because the impact you had on this church family far exceeds anything that you think you deserve. Mm. You know? So just the importance of um, making sure you do something for them. And and here's the thing. So we're we're doing this weekend. We are doing a... um, Volunteer Appreciation Sunday. Yes. And we got the church, us, I don't know how to say, you know, we're, we're a small church, so, um, you know, I don't know how many pastors out there do this, but uh, we're, we're, we pay it out of pocket for little gifts for everybody. And um, so what we did is we, uh, we made sure that she had one, we're sending one to... Uh, the other two people that left, so even though there was that incident where the other one didn't leave on good terms, we're sending it because we love them, and we want them to know that, you know, don't feel like if, if down the road you want to come back, you know, don't think that it's going to be weird or anything. Right. Um, but that's what we do. You know, we, we as a church are going to buy stuff um, and do stuff to show our appreciation for people. You know, it's like when you're in a relationship with a loved one, you know, you occasionally buy them flowers or, or something that you know that they like. Well, I wouldn't buy you flowers because you wouldn't like flowers. No, but you'd buy me like a coffee or something. You know, you'd walk in, you know, walk into the store and come out with a Starbucks triple shot and be like, here, you know. Um, but that's the thing, you know, we, we right. do things for one another um, in relationships. To let them know that they are appreciated. appreciate it and so you know that's what we're doing and and that's what we have to do and i think you know that that shows and that's that's what makes it even harder when somebody leaves too you know because uh i think about it one of these individuals when they wanted to tell us that they were leaving it was hard they did not want to come in and see me to say you know this is the timeline and but at the same time you know it, it, it to be honest it didn't surprise me you know, knowing what was going on and everything, it didn't surprise me. So, 
That leads to number three on our list. Oh, actually, I was going to do number four and then go back to three. Okay, Because okay. it kind of went with helping the church say goodbye. Okay. So number four is we need to be honest that when you say goodbye, even see you later, it's a, it's a form of a loss. And, you know, you have to feel your emotions. Mm-hmm. We have to walk through those feelings of loss. Because um, it's not healthy to keep them all bottled up inside. And, yep. You know, we got to deal with them, you know. So, you know, it's it's not like the kind of loss of death, but it's still the loss of what was. You know, not seeing her smiling face each morning, Sunday morning, or Thursday night study, or discipleship, or, you know. it's a, You realize the, the little things that you miss? Like how you said she'd always come Thursday night with a, with a question for you. Yeah. Out of the so, so last night, last night was was our first Thursday night without her. Yes. And so, one thing that we do um, Thursday nights, we we do, we kind of we're, we're we're easing into a a missional group model, but it's gonna take some time. So we're kind of right. still doing a hybrid Bible study prayer meeting on Thursday, and so she, we go over the sermon, and she'd always come in. Uh, she, she'd have a notebook and she'd always have questions down and she'd always tell me, like, I remember one, one, one time a couple of months ago, she was like, oh, I've got a good question for you, you know, like, <clears throat> and it was like really tough because, you know, she was always my go-to person. Like if I, if I sat down and I said, okay, this is what we did. And I, I, I refreshed everybody. I'd always expect for her to be like, okay, so you said, yeah, right. but that wasn't there this week. You know, and it, you, you feel it. it. You feel it. Because if leaders don't feel their emotions, how can we walk our congregation through their emotions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and, um, you know, the fact that she always called me her big brother, um, you know, it was one of those things where uh, she was extended family to us. And yeah. so it, it, it's a loss for us. It's a loss for our church. But we're... We're keeping going, and that's the thing, is we want people to talk about it. Um, As one person said last night, they did not understand everybody's emotions about it, even though they've been here not not that long, only about a year. But um, this individual had been here for just over two years, and so, you know, she, she did not understand why everybody was so connected like it was one of those things it was uh one of those lost in translation or culture or whatever you want to say the time frame didn't react long enough for her mm-hmm. um she still you know felt it but she couldn't understand why some of the other people felt it even more right you know and i think i think of uh, i think of warren's wife judy she's she's Man, you'd think her her daughter just moved away, to, you know, across yeah. the country. Yeah, but I, I, you know, that's, you know, I was right there feeling it with her. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. So now, now do we go number three? Okay. Okay. So this this goes to the important thing, and I'll take this one because this is something that our our old church really threw out um, threw the gauntlet into the arena for. Which is, this is why it is important to be raising up another one um, to take the place of that person. We don't always think about it. You know, I think in this case, um, I don't think, you know, as much as we loved her and as, as much as she grew, I don't think she, she saw the importance of it because I think she always thought she was going to be here. Yeah, maybe she was just... In- Denial that she was going to have to leave us or hoping that things wouldn't have to leave. Yeah, you know, it's like, and she, I mean, that's the thing. So you always want to have that person who's raising up the next person, you know. And it sounds weird because, you know, a lot of people don't like that in, in the culture we're in today with work and, and different things, jobs. Right. People look at it like, I don't want to ra- I don't want to be training up the guy that's eventually going to take my place. At the uh, at the table, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, train up the guy that's gonna uh, steal my job, right. you know, so to speak. But then you're not like stressing, you know, about who's gonna take 
like when our our kitchen director had stepped down and we didn't have one in place right away. Mm-hmm. It was a little nerve-wracking. Yep. But God quickly stepped in and raised someone up. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't already planned. Right. So now we're learning. It wasn't planned by us. It was no, planned by God. Right, right, right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is now we're learning. Right. That we need to be ready whenever someone's in a leadership position to be... I mean, not thinking that they're going to leave, but just raising up the next person within their team Yeah. that if for some reason when they did have to leave or something came out of the blue, that person's ready to step right into that role. Exactly, exactly. And, and that becomes the thing. Like, you know, we look at it, we're not, um, you know, like we should be always thinking that way. Um, I think of uh, John Piper. I forget the gentleman's name who took his place at his church, but they did an they did an awesome. Pro- probably I think I think I read this almost without doubt. Every every pastor I've ever read talking about the transition from John Piper as the senior teaching pastor of Bethel, uh, Bethel Church Baptist Church to uh, just the pastor emeritus and this other guy was a seamless transact transaction transition yeah. that worked and it should be the model for everyone and I think I think there's a few a uh, handful of pastors right now that are in that similar transition and it should be that way you know because we don't know you know like if 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 you know this person had stayed here we talked about it you know about the possibility of her taking over another ministry down the road and if she had taken that down the road she you know we didn't want her to be still the first impressions director so you know that's the thing um you know we always want to be planning on training the next person whether or not we're going to need it because you don't know you know i hate hate to be sounding morbid on this but you know you don't know when god's going to call you home too so you know, just just stick to it. You know, understand that this this is something that has to be done. Right. All right. So. So number five. Yep. Do we get wrapped up in people, and what they can do at times more than what God does? Ooh, that's so good. the people that we have in leadership positions, you know, we think highly of them. You know, we're sitting there going, oh, they're such a um, irreplaceable puzzle piece mm. to the big picture. Yep. But then sometimes we get so wrapped up in them that when they leave, we take it like, oh, no, what's God going to do? What's going to happen? How are we going to go forward in this situation or with, you know, no one overseeing that particular ministry? Mm -hmm. It's just so easy to get into that mentality. Yep. Instead of just trusting the Lord. I mean, again, feel your feelings, you know, go through the process, you know, but know that God, you know, he gives and he takes away. Mm -hmm. And we can't get so wrapped up in people Forgetting that it's God that builds his church, not not the pastor, mm-hmm. not the leaders, not the elders or the deacons or anybody in ministry position. It's God. Yes. You know? And, and that's the thing. You know, we, we cannot, like, you know, I, I hear this with so many um, people that are... are like I don't want to, I don't want to categorize it, but you know there are people who their whole mindset when it comes to church is how many people did they have at church, and when they find out that like, you know X number of people haven't been showing up, you know they're they're doing everything. I mean, and and it's a biblical principle. You know you think about uh, the 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 shepherd and the ninety nine sheep that. Jesus talks about he leaves the 99 behind to go whoops go find the one but um you know there's that good but then you don't want to get so wrapped up um you know worrying about people that you even do a bad job as a leader yourself you know right. what i mean like you don't want to be so wrapped up that 
you know, you're, you're worried about what's going on that the people around you are going through stuff and you need to be there to, to witness and talk to them and, right. and shepherd because them. Because then I think it comes like almost like you're idolizing them, you know, uh, so that we're not thinking that, you know, God can't bring other people just like the people that we had to say see later to, mm-hmm. you know. You don't know who God's going to bring through these doors. Right. And how he's going to work that out, you know. So, number six. Number six. Why don't you, because that was the one you explained. Yeah, so um, the one thing that we have to understand is that even in a revitalization, um, and the same goes for like in the established churches and other churches, uh that man i can't read your writing here <laughs> um more or less you're going to you're going to have people who move in and out of ministries and out of churches um you know you got to you got to understand there are going to be people that are doing so much in your church because of um you know their personality now with this one that left, she had, like we said, a bubbly personality, uh, you know, the smile, all, all that stuff. And she she jumped in. She replaced you doing announcements. Yeah. And it was just a great fit. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden now that's gone. Now we got another person that yeah. God has sent that, you know, has and, and that I, personality. I, right. And I did that before... You know, pretty much right after the first person had told me she was leaving, I already was praying about who was going to take that. That was, you know, so that's where I was able to incorporate, making sure that I filled that right up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is, is understanding that when it comes to those situations, um, you know, like I've used this example with... Um, the elders this week and, and um, you and others, you know, God, in some ways, when God does this, and, and let's be honest, it's God that is moving people in and out of churches. Um, he moves the, the people, the bad people out of churches. Um, now, I'm not saying that like the person we lost that left on bad terms wasn't a bad person. He wasn't one of those people that was a cancer in the church. There are people that will be in a church that is a cancer. And if they stay there, they're going to cause division because they're just fighting with everybody. But God moves people in and out of churches, um, much like uh, an arborist trims the branches off a tree. Mm-hmm. You know, and we got to understand that the, the reason why an arborist will trim the branches off the tree and even healthy branches mm-hmm. at that is because he's trying to get the tree to grow a certain way He's trying to get right. the health, the, the the tree to be the healthiest that it can be, right. so that this church, that this tree, can be you know hundreds of years old, and that's what God's doing. Right, because I know? think sometimes we can have too much of a good thing, you know. So even with, you know, the first person that left, um, you know, the one that did our first impressions ministry, mm-hmm. you know. She left under good circumstances, you know, meaning leaving the church and mm-hmm. everything. But back to um, the reasons why people leave, you know, God gives and he takes away. And maybe we, God said, you know, maybe you need to realize that even if I was to move her out of the equation, that this church is still going to thrive if you're being obedient to me. Right. And, you know, here, here's the other thing, too. Now, I look at this church. When we got here, we had six people. Yeah. And uh, within six months, we were at 18 people. Well, first we went to 12. Well, no, but I'm just giving, I'm giving numbers for the sake of time for the, for the podcast. Um, so we, we got up to 18 in six months. Within six months of that, we were down to nine. And it seemed like, okay... What's going to happen? And it was the longest six months. I, I will say that. For me, it was the longest six months because we were at nine, nine, nine. Then we have that one 
Winterbird, who goes out to California for the winter, and she left, and we were at eight, and, you know, we were just wondering, what's going to happen? And then God started bringing people in. Right. And we got up to 22 um, by the end of 20, you know, 2019. So within a year and a half, we went from being nine to more than double. Right. And now um, during COVID, we grew again. But now God is trimming away. And, and the question becomes for a lot of people, well, doesn't that scare you? Doesn't that worry you? No, it doesn't. Because I look at what God has done. You know, I think, I think right. one thing we do as pastors and one thing we do as theologians is we look at the history. We look at what the Bible shows us, what the Bible teaches us, and we look at what history has taught us within our own ministries. And so I know that God's going to do something. I don't know what. You know, I'm not a prophet in that right. regard. I, I can't tell you. Yeah. But I know God's going to do something. Right. You know, and, and as much as this hurts, yeah. you know, I know that I am trusting in the master, right. you know, to create the masterpiece. Right. And yeah. so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's all I got for, for this. So you also were going to briefly talk about the difference between leaving under good circumstances not related to the church and bad experiences related to the church. Yeah, so um, that's kind of, well, we kind of touched on that. So within... Um, but the impact that both of those have. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. So, so leaving under good circumstances, you're giving your um, congregation time to, to mourn. You know, right. like they're, they're preparing. Closure. Yeah, there, there's a closure to it. Um you know, within this case, these two cases with these two women, um, there was people that were able to say goodbye. There were people able to, um, you know, wish them luck. A couple of people were thrown off by one of them. I know that, but there was still there was still a a closure, you know. And we know one of them is going to be trying to come back once a month, you know, if there's situation. The other one will visit, but it won't be once a month. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you have incidents where it's bad. And what we mean by this is where it causes all sorts of, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a Jenga puzzle and you take that one piece out and the thing just topples. And that's what we mean by when, um, it's a bad break, Right. you know, and I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about a cancer, you know, like. The, the cancer, when God cuts those people that you know are going to cause division, um, you know, it, it's a good thing. It, it's something, as sad as it sounds, it's something that should be, you know, should be celebrated because God being the good physician has taken, uh, has done the surgery that, you know, you've been wondering how it's going to happen. But in the case where it's a bad break, you know, there's a lot of things. There's people that are left at the church that are wondering what's going on. There are people that, um, you know, even leadership is hurt. And I remember this one time, uh, one of the churches we were at, there was a person, an individual who had been in leadership for quite some time, was really close to uh, the senior pastor and all the pastoral staff. And they left, and it was not on good terms. It was something that you know, if we're honest, it, it almost caused a division within the church. Um, and it was something that had to be addressed by the pastor. You know, it wasn't something that the pastor could easily, um, you know, just let it go. People, right. people were talking about it in the church. And, um, you know, that's what happened. And, you know, the church got over it, but it took time for the church to heal from it. So when we talk about a good time and a bad time, you know, this was a bad time. It was a bad breakup. And, um, you know, just, just, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're in a situation, um, just know, you know, go out there and try to talk to the individual, try to, try to do everything you can to, uh, meet up with them and, um, just find out what's going on. It shouldn't be done in text messages or uh, over the phone. It has to be done face to face. Definitely. You know, um, it cannot be done. 
you know, any other way. And so, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's about it. You know, just got to be open to it and understand. And uh, what we can learn from this is, like I said, you know, God is the master, um, making his masterpiece. He prunes. Yeah, he prunes. He prunes the the garden. And in this case, he's trying to get the healthiest church. And sometimes it it does. Sometimes some of those branches that are healthy, he needs to cut them because he knows that they're drinking too much off of the full fruit that can happen. And he might take that and, again, put it And the other thing, too, is like with the one that was running our first impressions, you know, she learned a lot here. And she said that she was so happy of what she learned. She was ready and willing to take that to whatever church, especially if it was another revitalization. Mm-hmm. You know? So you just got to be open to what God's going to do. Right. Okay. So, with that, I am Don McKinnon, and I'm going to sign off because it's been a late night. And say God bless and God bless. Who are you? Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Better half now. Uh, There's a lot of people that would say yes to that. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so (laughs) for the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast, this is Don McKinnon signing off. God bless and we love you.